Switching spots? I know. I'm all discombobulated. Check. Check. Which one am I? I'm the bottom one. I'm Gordon McGlattery. I'm Matthew Martinson. This is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Welcome to it. Whatever episode this is. April. It's the April episode. <laughs> Numbers are way too hard for us. You, you would think it wouldn't be. Like, we do it once a month. It's not like there's a big number, but yeah, yeah no, yeah, I never remember. Yeah. Um, Matt, why are we both so tired? Finaling. Because we're finaling games. We're finaling games. Yeah, so we're going to talk about pre-pro and finaling. Yeah, and nothing in between. Yeah, who cares about the middle who bit? Who cares about the part where you make the game? <laughs> That's the easy part. You just make the game. You just make sound. You got just giant make lists. Make the game, man. Draw a so, couple of circles. Draw the rest of the friggin' cat. Put a beard on it. There was a, a thing. Well, I was working on a Smarter Every Day video we just did recently. And we had this guy who could shoot aspirin with a bow and arrow. <laughs> and we had this super slow motion footage of him doing it. Yeah. And... And Destin asks him, so uh, so how do, you, how do you do that? Yeah. How, how do you do that? And the guy is like, well, the center of a beach ball is the same size as the center of an aspirin. <laughs> saying, Thanks, man. <laughs> so, so how do you do pre-pro? How do I do pre-pro? You just do it. No, you don't <laughs> just do it. I like to be very organized with yeah. my pre-pro. But you have to resign yourself to the fact that everything you plan in pre-pro is yep. going to go to the dogs. A plan is just a list of things that isn't going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you do, I always feel you have to be super adaptable. It's mm -hmm. always. And it always comes down to, it seems no matter what, the the end finaling is going to be a shit show. Yes. Basically. It's just going to be a mad panic of throwing stuff in and throwing stuff away. And, oh, my God, where is all the super well-organized stuff I had? Yeah. Or, wow, that was not organized as well as I thought it was. That didn't work. Going through these weird naming convention shifts. Yeah. Because when you're doing pre-production, you're going to like, you're like, okay, we're going to have this category of sounds. We will name them thusly. But then you get all these sounds that are sort of in that category, sort of not. So yeah. you have to make a new split category. It's like how biologists can't agree on anything. <laughs> and we have all these genuses and, and families. And, yeah. and there are arguments about what organism belongs in which one. Right. And it's just a little microcosm of that digitally. Yeah. I, the, the Don't Starve FMOP project is super gross. Because it started out of just like making folders for things. And then I went, wait a minute, this game is way bigger than I thought it was going to be. I should start putting creatures in folders. And I was like, well, I can't move all the stuff I've already created because it's already hooked up. And I can't ask the designers, hey, rehook up everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like trying to find something in that project is, okay, when did I make that? Was that early on and it's going to be in its own folder? Or did I make that later and it's going to be in a subfolder when I started reorganizing stuff? So it's like that it's worse than that changing of a name convention, like the whole FMOD structure flipped halfway through. Yeah. So your your mix up is actually in the session itself. Yeah. If anybody is. So it's too like, who open... cares what your asset folders are called? 
like <laughs> on your computer. <laughs> that's that's not even the bad part. Yeah. <laughs> so like to for somebody to ever take over that project entirely, like you have to know its whole history mm-hmm. to know when was that created. Okay, that's probably in here. And okay, this is when we started to restructure things differently. And thankfully, one of the things you can't uh, on FMOD Designer alphabetize folders. You can alphabetize events within a folder, mm-hmm. but not the root folders. And you think, and that's a fortunate thing? No, it's oh, a bad thing. That's a bad thing. Yeah. I so thing. I, I had one of our programmers brute force the project from behind the scenes mm-hmm. to alphabetize it. Right. He took, he, like, he opened up the, the FTP file, which I can't remember what it is. But he basically opened it up and something was able to look at it and force everything to change order. Right. So that it was alphabetized for me. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's at least it's better now. Mm-hmm. Before it was like, oh, spider is at the top. And then, you know, creatures is below that somewhere. <laughs> and you're like, hey. it was even worse. Or you really had to know what was the first thing we put in the game? Okay, that was a spider. That's at the very top. Okay, where's this? And you're just like. Yeah, and you can't hotkey it to, hotkey to it by starting to type the word. There's, no. There's no command F. No, it was it was bad. Just, so at least it's alphabetized. There you go. No. Yeah. So so it's good to when you're doing pre-pro to come up with a structure in your middleware, like come up with how you're going to format things. Not only naming conventions, which mm-hmm. are super important. Yes. We both agree on that. Um, naming conventions, but like how you're going to lay stuff out and it's you need a good idea of what's going into the game. Not on a granular level, but kind of like... General structure, general right, functionality. Like, because you going to start a... implementing before you have your oh, sound totally. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, HUD. HUD is always a good thing to me to split up. Mm-hmm. Um, for Invisible, I've got three subfolders within my HUD folder for front-end, in-game, and mainframe. Right. And then I have a bunch of mainframe mode sounds that aren't in the mainframe HUD folder because you know that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like you figure out what your broad categories are and start mm-hmm. like building structures around those with enough flexibility that you can make substructures within those or you know, it's don't ever dump everything in a root. No. Start to try to make something. And you can at least look at your game and go, okay, it's an action game. Okay, there's weapons. Okay, weapons is a good, you know, category. And I can start sub things. Okay, there's weapons. And then there's guns within weapons. And, you know, melee weapons within there. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's broken up. So then... Yeah, which are all going to behave differently in the engine. Yeah. You're going to have to mix them differently. So you you have to think about... I think one of the main things I think about when I'm roughing my session out is definitely... How is it going to be mixed? Yeah. I'm already, like, I'm thinking of what's ducking what mm. right off the bat. Yeah. Um, that's because that's how I'm grouping things. And right. I, you're, I'm trying to think of the relationships of the sound within FMOD yeah. most. And I'm still not the best at any of that, really. <laughs> um, but I, going back to it, like, how do I do pre-pro? Yeah. Um, when I'm working with uh, a client or team Mm -hmm. basically and it's and it's fairly early on yeah because sometimes i get picked up late in the game sometimes i get picked up very early yeah if it's uh, basically i'm like tell me every single thing you can about the game Mm -hmm. 
if you have a build, give it to me. If you have artwork, give it to me. Give yeah. me, give me everything. Yeah. And then I then I build a huge asset li- asset list, like you know, be multiple pages, mm-hmm. and and then that's where I'll start my categorization. Yeah. Of sounds. Yeah. And then if if it's a piece rate job, then I can actually within my spreadsheet use countif statements mm-hmm. to count all my my prefixes. Yeah. So I'll like I'll have SFX underscore and it'll count everything that is SFX and then multiply that uh, by the price per asset. Yeah. So I have that in a li- nice little box and that means my developer can go in and add ass- assets and take assets out and it automatically updates the budget. Yeah. Um, and then you might have like MUS as a prefix for anything that's music, yep. UI, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, but you ha- at the same time, that's, it's all going to change. <laughs> and that's something I've really had to re get over. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of the time by the end of your, by the end of a project, I'm not even looking at that spreadsheet anymore at all. Yeah. I haven't, I mean, I'm, I'm in a different position being in-house. Mm-hmm. For sure, but I haven't produced a like sound effects a proper sound effects list in ages. Yeah, I like half produce one that gets abandoned almost immediately, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like writing on post its on my desk. Yeah, it's more about getting it in your brain. Yeah, yeah. And but but if you're doing freelance, it's much more important to like define that because you have this budget and yes. your budget has to be based on something, whether it's piecemeal or like per the project. You still got to know what am I you know charging for this entire thing how long is it going to take me yeah like how how much time do i need to tell the person i need to do their game mm-hmm. regardless of how you're pricing it it's just like i it's right now it's going to take two months yeah exactly. maybe that changes but like right now mm-hmm. um the thing i've started doing is um because we've got a couple of games on the go here and i'm waylaid by other games um I've started trying to do music first, and this is, you know, obviously I don't make the music. Mm-hmm. We have some great composers here who do that, um, but I still work with them. And it's, to me, that's the get music in as early as you can because it sets a tone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to help inform much more to me than the sound effects are. Yeah. Like, I'm a sound effects guy. I love sound effects, but we don't set the tone as much as music does. Yes. I'm, I will admit that. So if you get music in early and sort of work with, you know, early, you know, you're at like concept art stage, you can start making concept music of what musical direction do we want to go and not like how we're going to make it interactive and all that. That can come later. It's just like, get a loop. Let's make some themes. Yeah. Like let's, what kind of music are we going with Mm -hmm. for this? Are we inventing a genre? Is it like what? And roughly... Do we see this as a like wall-to-wall music or is it going to come and go or just roughly kind of what are we thinking? And I don't know, more than half the time, Tom Waits is a reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without, without fail. He's done something and everything. The great thing, you can, always, you can always use Tom Waits as a reference, I feel, but you have to make sure you're defining which Tom Waits. Exactly. You're yeah. like, was it like 60s piano Tom Waits or like... 90s really weird like found instruments tom waits or... yeah that's my tom waits <laughs> or like don't starve was weird circus music tom waits right 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 like frank's wild years era it was mm-hmm. just like weird drunk vaudeville <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So and it was the same yeah, the same year that we put out uh, Don't Starve, went to GDC and the Walking Dead guys were talking about doing the Walking Dead at Telltale. Yeah. And they were like, they name checked in their GDC talk, Tom Waits, as one of the musical influences. I was like, hey, we did too. And our game's music sounds totally different. That's so <laughs> awesome. I remember reading, I remember getting a guitar magazine in like 2001 for Christmas and going through the like top 10 guitarists of the year or something. And they were all listing their influences. Yeah. And I remember being like, who is this Tom Waits guy? <laughs> everybody was listing him. It was like seven out of 10. Yeah. We're like Tom Waits. So secrets to, to pre-pro, uh, define your structure. Spreadsheet. Spreadsheets. Name check Tom Waits. Yeah. I guess so often the next step, which is getting more into production. Yeah. Um, but also just. Yeah. That's like what, a, what, do you, what do you qualify as pre-production? I was, I was just going to say around here at Clay, it's, it's super fluid, it feels like. Yeah. Um, because we go kind of, we roll from prototyping stages into games and then we're doing early access. And, like, early access is a weird production phase. Like, it's you're in production, but you're still designing and sort of pre-proing. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like Don't Starve when we did two-week updates during early access. It was kind of we did the whole cycle every two weeks. Yeah. You do a couple days of pre-pro, you, you know, you do, like, a week of production, and then you do a couple days of finaling. Yeah. And then you do it again. Which is totally weird for most People. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's I've kind of got this different view of it because we've been doing that for a while. So I guess pre pro ends when the public starts seeing the game. Mm-hmm. Is one way to think about it. I mean, if you're doing an early access game, or if you're you can just look at it as when the public knows about it. When we've shown something to the public, mm-hmm. we're done pre production. Right. We're we're in production at that point because we've defined enough of what we're doing that we're showing it to people. Yeah. It still might so, be a gray pre-pro production sort of time period. I feel I feel like these sort of these very rigid milestone marks are very are like kind of an old school thing. Yeah. And they it's almost maybe tied to film industry or something. I think it's more tied to the old way of developing games with a big publisher mm-hmm. and a developer and the publisher is handing out money at milestone points. Right. So you just, you have these defined at milestone X, have you completed all the things on the sheet of paper? If you have, we give you a big check. If you haven't, we don't. Right. So they needed like markers, like is the game going to be finished when we've budgeted it to be finished? Mm -hmm. And now with like lots of indie people and early access, it's like there's a lot more companies doing the game is done when it's done. Yeah. Not... The game is done on this we, date. We pick this date out of the air. Mm-hmm. It's a big responsibility. Yeah. Um, to not have a, a date. Yeah. And to say it's done when it's done. Yeah. That's how a lot of games die. Totally. And especially especially indie games. So yeah. I, I have... feel like if it's your first game, you should be a lot more rigid on yourself. Oh, yeah. If you've shipped, if you've shipped a few games before yeah. and you just are familiar with the process... Then you can do an it's done when it's done thing. Yeah. Yeah, even even done when it's done is never true. You're always no. just putting a game out at some mm-hmm. point. You're not you're not you're not ever done, it just ships. Yeah. And at some point you go, It's it's good enough. Mm-hmm. 
because you could always tweak something or change something. You know, it's been um, closer to a finaling thing than a pre-production thing. Mm -hmm. um, we've been doing a lot of dialogue for Invisible Ink coming up to the end. Um, you've been here editing like crazy, thankfully. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, it's one of the things that I don't like about doing speech is it's, I feel like I'm applying handcuffs to the designers. Right. Because you have to have hard deadlines for speech. You know, things have to be written. Think actors have to be booked. People, you know, you have to record them. You have to schedule freelancers who are going to do your editing for you. All that stuff. Then they have to be implemented. So it's like, okay, this speech is going to take X amount of days. And mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people are reliant on it. So there needs to be a line in the sand. And even then, you know, you've still like, oh, I just printed out the last, some last minute script changes. The, when the actor's walking into the, the building. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that always happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, I kind of like, I encourage that. Like, I am willing to take on lines to record right up until the person's in the booth. Mm -hmm. Because I want you to keep designing. And we design a lot here, like, right up until the end. Like, things are changing. We're trying things out. Mm -hmm. You know, and it feels bad to be like, no, I'm sorry, you can't. You have to stop designing because... It's it's one of the things that turns finaling into this crazy thing because speech always comes in at the end. Yes. And so you're this mad dash of like all these last minute design changes and the game's really finally coming together and you're trying to get all this speech in and wait a minute, all this new speech is coming in at the end and your grand naming conventions have flown out the window because somebody handed you a sheet of you're like, I don't even know what these go with. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere these go. Yeah. So kind of coming up to finaling is what else can we, what else we, you got to say about finaling? Um, well, I've don't had some yourself. interesting experiences with finaling. Yeah. I, you say don't kill yourself. It's very hard not to. Um, well, I put myself in a unique position where I graduated school and all they told me during school was like, it's so competitive. You're going to have such a hard time. You have to take all the jobs. Yeah. You have to take every opportunity you get. And so I oh. did that for ages. Yeah. And now I have way too much stuff to do. <laughs> so I've I've actually hired somebody to help me full time for the entire month. Well, that's something I've, I always said when I was freelance. Like, you never say no to a job. Yeah. As long as it's caveat, as long as it's a good job that is paying you what you want. Like, yes. don't take every job. Like, yes. Take every good job that comes along. And you have to have the attitude of... I can't build a bridge, but if you're asking me to, I'll find somebody who can and like learn yeah. or subcontract. You just, you take the gigs and you figure out how you're going to do them mm -hmm. later. Yeah. And as you're saying, you get too much work and then you subcontract. Yes. You know, I think that's, that's the way you do it. And that's part of the don't kill yourself. But right? you have to, you have to remember that subcontracting doesn't mean you're not doing anything. Oh, no. I spent almost all day on Wednesday yeah. doing contracts, uh, working on asset lists yeah. for clients. Like, I don't think I actually touched, a, like, audio, like, open yeah. Pro Tools or Ableton until, like, 8 p.m. Yeah. Even even with you working for me here, contracting under me, Yeah. I, I it, you don't take up, like, you don't double my time. No. No, it's not. I've got to. I've got to. Like, okay, what? What does he need to know? I have to make. There's days when I'm like, 
oh crap, Gord's coming in tomorrow. What what am I going to make him do? I know there's work to be done, but I yeah. got to figure out what work I can give him mm-hmm. and take off my plate and organize that and get it ready and like, okay. Yeah. So it's it's something to consider. It saves. And so it's something to, if you have the feeling that you may be get, getting overwhelmed soon, <laughs> then it might yep. be time to get that subcontractor ASAP. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't wait till the last minute. There's going to be a lot of organization to do. You might save 50 to 70% of your time. I'd say that's about accurate. I think that's a like, yeah. on, a, on a good day, you're putting in 25% of the effort you would have normally. On a bad day, you're like putting in half the effort yeah. you would have. And it, it, I mean, it depends on how, like, how much control you want to maintain or how much you trust your outsourcers, I guess. Yeah. Because, uh, but the thing is, like, the things I have to do is I, like, I can't just say, here's here's what the developers want. Go yeah. for it. Because then they might have a different idea of what I want. I have to write out descriptions. I have to make vid, vid caps yeah. from the gameplay, send it to them. I have to give them a build, be like, this is what's going on. So it's very time consuming. Yeah. At the very least, like, I think that's the, the, the one end, mm-hmm. like, where you have to, like, okay, yeah. Here's video captures. Here's all the, the stuff. At the very least, you have to be, here's the, the middleware, how I'm implementing it. Mm-hmm. Here's file names. You know, these are the formats I want it in. Mm-hmm. Here's a bunch of reference of stuff that's already been made. So make it sound like this. Mm-hmm. And then you have to review it all. Yeah. And make sure like, okay, no, this isn't like, I need this revised and it needs to be like this. And, you know, yeah, yeah. like a list of things that need to be made and descriptions of them and and then revisions of all of that stuff yeah and there's something to be said for when it comes to reviewing for the good old telephone (laughs) and skype yeah instead of sitting there in a chat window because that's we exist in chat windows now yeah but typing things takes way longer than just calling somebody up and being like here are the changes i need yeah um i think it's great with when i'm asking you for revisions like you're here and i just stroll over and part of it like, it's not just the words being used, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the facial expressions and the hand gestures that are going all along with, make it like, wah, 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 wah. yes, you, totally. <laughs> you're like, okay, I know what you mean. If I type that out, I'd be like clueless, but yeah. you're waving your arms around in the air. That kind of meant something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get where, get where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. I my, my note while today, while I was thinking about finaling was... Switch gears a lot. Okay. You have to be prepared to switch gears a lot. Like I was thinking about that today because um, today we're trying to get a bunch of final content. We're really making mm-hmm. the last content pushes and we're in kind of prime bug fixing phase mm-hmm. and there's some design stuff going on. So it's like people are constantly coming at me going, hey, I need a new sound. I need I need one last new sound. I, oh, I just found that this... I implemented this speech and this speech is wrong. It's it's processed wrong. So it's like I'm constantly switching from, okay, I got to create something. I have to implement something. I have to fix a bug. I have to play the game. I got to check to see if something at last minute needs a sound that's gone in. Like it's just constantly switching gears and not kind of getting hung up about it. Exactly. And you just can't, you roll can't, with. You can't, you have to kind of throw away your efficiency mind because it, it's now head, head down, get it done mind. Yeah. You can't consolidate jobs. Um. Even stuff like a couple of days ago, I sat down and defined a, like 
schedule for the next couple of weeks of like, these are all the things that are going to happen and you need to get done and what, what's left. And okay, here's the map of how we're going to get that, get that done. Immediately the next day, it was like, oh, well, we need to do this. I'm like, okay, that like throws this huge chunk of that schedule out the window and mm -hmm. I can't do that anymore. And just figuring out how to roll with that. I'm like, okay, if I do that this way and that means I can go home and mix on speakers for half a day there and then I'll come back and that other day, okay, I was going to spend the whole day at home, but now I'll split it over two days and mm -hmm. just rolling with the changes as quick as you can mm -hmm. and not getting hung up about it. Yeah. But which is, it's pretty satisfying when it comes to the end of the game and you're doing, and, and you realize that the reason you're changing gears all the time is because like, this is all that's left. Yeah. And things are, and there it's, the end is in sight. Yeah. Which is a, which is pretty cool. So, um, I asked a couple of questions on the Twitters mm -hmm. and I got a couple of things that I don't honestly think I have big answers for. But we can try. Uh... Tadak, T-A-T-A-K. Sure. Tadak Audio. Okay. On Twitter. Um, asked for, uh, if we know of any good forums for game audio and sound design. Traditional forums? Not I think really. We, I think we're both in agreement that it seems like traditional forums are dead. Um, there's the game audio forum mm -hmm. that's still there. It's very low traffic, it seems. Quality mm -hmm. answers when you ask something. Like, mm -hmm. There's good people that are there, but it's just not a lot. It's it's not a lot going on. I think the music recording forums are still active. Mm -hmm. And like Gear Sluts yeah. has a post-production area that has some people in it. But it seems like game audio is just not that active in the, the forum space anymore. Mm -hmm. Um Gang has a forum, um, okay. which the game audio forum came about because people didn't want to pay gang memberships, so they started their own forum. Right. Um, I hear that that's not that active either. Prove mm -hmm. me wrong. Feel free. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they've just moved on. It's like there's there's still email groups that are private email groups that are super active. Um, there is Facebook groups. The, the, vast, the vast majority of the discussion I am involved in is probably Facebook groups. Yeah. And there's public and private Facebook groups, mm -hmm. um, which can be both can be really good. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a bunch of audio related Reddit subreddits, mm -hmm. the hive of scum and villainy that is Reddit. <laughs> Go on the record with that one. <laughs> I'm I'm there. I'm in the game audio Reddit all the time. Yeah, same. trying to answer questions and same. not get frustrated with the same questions every single day. Mm -hmm. So if if you're there, please ask us new questions. Thanks. Read the sidebar. Yeah, <laughs> do some research on your own. I'm more than happy to like give advice. You know, that's why we answer questions on the podcast. And mm -hmm. like I talk to people on Twitter and Reddit and everything. I'm I'm happy to answer people's questions. But do your own research. This, this goes, I'm about to go back to that rant that I had, we had a couple we of can podcasts just, ago. We can just link so it. So just, we'll just go back it. to that one. <laughs> Listen to what I said there. So unfortunately, I don't think there's a lot of forums anymore. No. Um, Unless Twitter, you're using forum in a very broad yes. sense that encompasses all these other I, things. I think the online resources that are great are Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, all areas that you can engage in really great sound design and game audio. Uh conversations mm -hmm. so so yeah 
hopefully that helps. Mm -hmm. um, and good old Jack asked a couple of questions. Mr. Jack Manhorn. Yes. Former podcast guest. Yes. Uh, okay, we'll go with the question first that I don't have an answer for. All right. Um, he wanted to know about any animation tagging systems, techniques, whatnot. No. My technique is I... Uh, I don't have one. Ask my programmer to do it. I don't... Uh, here at Clay, we don't do any, like, traditional animation tagging. Oh, okay. Um, I have stuff that's timed out, but we time it in scripts. Mm -hmm. So, at, at, you know, at play animation, at frame, whatever, play sound. So it's not it's not tagged in the animation in a traditional sense. Okay. Um, when I did when I started out on NHL, one of the things I did was tag skate animations. So I sat and watched in an animation viewer the skating animations and tagged whenever the blade hit the ground. And yeah. That's where we're going to play a skate sound. Mm -hmm. um, and they we had a custom animation viewer that embedded tags within the animation. I, some programmer made it. I don't know anything about it. They just were like, here, use this. Right. Um, I know, yeah. I know the power up guys are doing their own. I'm pretty sure they're doing their own tagging for Viking squad mm -hmm. and they, they do more of it than I do, especially Kevin, but they've got great tools. Yes. Uh, the slick guys, the slick make, guys, their tool is amazing. They make really great tools. So I can see that being real easy mm -hmm. and nice and friendly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't really have much to say about tagging, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, makes me feel a little bit ignorant. <laughs> and his other question, which I haven't thought a lot too much about, uh, your dream recording rig. Uh, I'm kind of, well, okay, something I've been nerding out on since uh, Rob Blake told us about it is the Senken C100. Yep. And doing ultrasonic recordings. Yep. Um, there's an Earthworks mic as well. Yep. So I want one of those. <laughs> and then an interface that can handle it, which yep. I'm not even sure what I would need to get. I do want an RME. SD. I would like an RME. Um, right. See, uh, this is where I, I started interface. thinking about it. Yeah, RME is pretty hot. Because stuff. I want that uh, multiple bit rate yeah. thing happening or sample rate. Um, my thoughts were I started thinking about it and I immediately thought of like, well, I would never have one ultimate recording rig. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's There's like... My recording, my like studio home rig, you know, mm -hmm. which is kind of what you're talking about, like an RME interface, yeah, you know, like some super hot interface, super great mics, lot like, am I doing voice? Then I want like badass, you know, large diaphragm tube condenser probably. Mm -hmm. um, am I doing a like take a bunch of gear location recording, in which case... I'd want a sound devices like mm -hmm. 788 and, you know, a bunch of taut mics that every, you know, all the normal mics that everybody like drools over. Yeah. Um, if I have, the one thing I do have, almost have, is like my like daily slash stealth rig. Like what do you carry around every day to record? Yeah. And I would like a Sony D100. Yes. I have a Sony D50. Which is pretty damn close to that. Which it was my ultimate like dream portable recorder until the D one hundred came out. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know. Previous to that I was like, yeah. This is it. I want this one is too. the like I've got this. If I get anything else, it would be getting a sound devices. And that's a different thing. Like lots of people compare them like, Oh, well you could get you know, you could get that Sony or you could get a sound devices. Well, if you get the sound devices then 
you know, they're always like, oh, you could get used sound devices for the same price as that brand new Sony D100 or D50, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, at the time. And it's like, well, technically, yes, but if that's all you bought, you still couldn't use the sound devices because you don't have a mic, you don't have any cables, you don't have a blimp. Like, you can use the Sony. So yeah. they're not comparable to me. They're very, like... Very different uses. Yeah. And um, sometimes you just need that thing you're carrying all the time because you come across that sound and it's, like, super awesome. Very much on this subject. Totally forgot to tell you about it earlier. Yeah. I had a meeting yesterday. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, this guy contacted me because I'm a, a binaural audio nerd and talk about it all the time pub- publicly. Yes. And uh, this guy, Anthony, got in touch with me. And he started a company, like a startup, a year ago called Hook Audio. Mm-hmm. And they're making this binaural rig that really just looks like normal headphones. Yeah. It's Bluetooth, so it's wireless. Huh. It records to your phone. It records to wave. Yeah. So you, you can't do yet like 96K super like recording yeah. quality, but uh, if you, you like you can check out the recordings online and they're totally rad. Huh. Uh, like they they're good enough yeah. for a lot of purposes and the fact that you just look like you're wearing normal headphones yeah. and you don't even need to take your recorder with you. Yeah. To get okay like it's pretty neat. Huh. And he might send me prototype. Oh, so, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be neat. Um, so like it'll be the stealthiest rig ever. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's cool. So the other thing that we did, uh, was, so we've got the Vancouver sound design meetup. Yep. Um, this year I wanted to switch things up again because it, attendance was falling a bit with just, we were just doing social meetups. Mm-hmm. So we switched to alternating educational and, um, the social meetups yeah, so this month is going to be a casual. This this month will be casual. Then the month after that, we'll do an education one. Yeah. The most recent one we had, we had John Tidy in town, who's uh, the audio geek on Twitter. And so he's not a sound design guy, but he's like a Reaper expert. Yeah. And we got him to do a talk on Reaper, and it was totally awesome. Yeah. And it just it's still it's still an overwhelming program, but for what... What you I, get with it, it's nuts. I, I kind of, like, lose my head when I look at Reaper. Yeah. Like, it's it's so much cool stuff you can do with it, but I kind of, like... You need someone to hold your hand for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I need somebody to set this up for me, because there's there's so many options. You just get, yeah. like, paralyzed yeah, with choice. Yeah, like, what do I do with this? How do I... Oh, it's the best way to set <laughs> this up. I don't I don't know. Uh, it's, it's really cool. I, I think a lot of the... Um, Stuff that Nuendo has announced mm-hmm. for their Wise integration mm-hmm. um, that they announced at GDC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people will be able to make Reaper do that. Yeah. Like it's so, the scripting language is so open mm-hmm. that I get the feeling that if you want it, somebody can make it. Yeah. Or you or somebody can make it. Yeah. Um, so I know there's a couple of uh, larger studios who are using Reaper. Mm hmm. Um, on like big games. Yeah, Ra- uh, Raven's using it. Yes, yeah. the technical sound designers are. Yep. Yeah. Um, Ubi Toronto, I think, is using it. Yeah. Um, so some some serious. Jack Menhorn is using it. I, I guess it's still credible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so like the most exciting thing for me is the custom actions. Yeah. Especially when we're talking about very repetitive tasks. Yeah. So, in Reaper, you can. I don't know if. How many people out there are using macros? If you're beginning, you should start using macros. I'm sure all the people that are experienced are using at least macros to some extent. And 
what that is is stacking actions on top of each other. So instead of just being like you having to manually cut every yeah. thing in your edit, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you might as well set up a system where you click one button and it executes it. all these actions yeah. for you. And that that's something that's just built right into Reaper. Like right now I do it with the the software that comes with my mouse. Yeah. And it's very limited. Yeah. Whereas, and there's others that are like quick keys and Yeah, Quick Keys, Keyboard Maestro is yeah. a decent one. Um that's the one I use because Quick Keys is the support is really yeah. uh, lagging, I think. Um but Reaper has it built into it. It's right in it. And it yeah. has all the Reaper very the specific hundreds and hundreds of Reaper actions in it. You can just drag them into a window and it just does them one after another. Yeah. I, I think one of the cool things too in, in that realm mm -hmm. is the the right click, your context menu, you can build what you want in your context menu. Yeah. Which it's not just like this is what it is. It's like, no, I don't care about that stuff and I want these things. These are things I do all the time. So you just you can put anything kind of like in you can build all this really cool stuff. So you can really make Reaper to be what you want out of it. And then is... you, you can save specific configurations as well. So you could have a one context menu if you're cutting dialogue. And then you could have another configuration that has a totally different context menu if you're doing an SFX yeah. session for starters. For yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was neat. That was a great talk. Um, related to that, not to Reaper, to yeah. the fact that we're organizing talks and we have a cool meetup group here. Mm -hmm. um, Seattle has an, also a really awesome... Uh, sound design game audio meetup group mm -hmm. um, where they've started doing similar thing. They've started doing monthly go to a studio and the studio hosts everybody and shows off whatever they want to show yeah. off. And what better city to do it in really? Yeah. Um, I've been going down. I'm, I'm the madman that drives down and drives back in a night mm -hmm. um, to the last couple ones. And it's been great. It's been really the, they did Microsoft and PopCap and last month was um, ArenaNet um, showed off Guild Wars 2. Mm -hmm. um, next month is, and or end of this month, um, is going to be at Sucker Punch. Right. Um, and I'm actually going to talk at that one, and I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about what it's like to do audio at a, an indie studio, basically. Yeah. Because um, all these places are big AAA studios. Mm -hmm. Where else is going to have a big place to host people? Yes. You know, makes makes sense. So I'm we just going to give fit a, a lot of people in this room. No, not really. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give a little kind of view of north of the border on the indie side of things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for everybody. But it's cool. It's really cool to see such a big community. Like ArenaNet was like 40 people or something. Wow. Came out to that. You know, it's it's great. It's it's really cool. We had 40 out to our last one. Yeah. So that was like over double our best ever. Which is awesome. And yeah. it's really it's really cool seeing our community on a whole come together. Mm -hmm. um, and having having just gone to GDC last month, it's still still fairly fresh in my mind. Um, and like before going to GDC, talking with all the other people I, I knew who were going and being there and afterwards, we seem to have a community unlike any other area mm -hmm. of game development. Yeah. And it's really awesome. Yeah. Like... Just seeing how supportive and inclusive and, you know, willing to share information Yes, we have. Like, I don't see programmers all getting together and designers all, like, 
you know, gathering in one spot during GDC to all have lunch with each other. Like you hang out, they seem to hang out with the people they know, but it's not just like, hey, if you're audio, go behind the carousel and you'll find a bunch of audio people who will be glad to like chat with you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Man, GDC feels like a year ago for me. (laughs) I can't believe that was just last month. Yeah. So it's awesome. It's, It's awesome, this community that we've we've built and are engaging in and that if you're listening to this, you're probably a part of you're in it. So keep doing like awesome, positive things Mm because we're all just as strong as our own community. Yeah. And we can all make it, you know, you like, I know we, a couple of people kept trying to have a sound design meetup here in Vancouver. And for whatever reasons, the one you finally started, finally is the one that has clicked and has gone on continually mm-hmm. and keeps growing in size. And now we're having talks and Seattle's got its thing. I know London, England has some, some fairly like regular get togethers. Yeah. You know, so wherever you are listening to this, if you're feeling like there, you, you're the only one go out and change that. Yeah, and and don't be afraid to like get in touch with me either to just because we've had minor trials and tribulations. Yeah, as far as what works and what doesn't work, uh, for me keeping things consistent and making sure people show up. So <laughs> yeah, I'd I definitely I think we'd both you know feel free to contact any of us mm-hmm. about you know advice if you're looking to build something. We'll definitely we love talking about that stuff. It's awesome to see. All these communities getting built. Yeah. On that note, I'm going to go not to bed like I want to, but to work more at home. Yeah. <laughs> and look for my wallet, which yeah. I lost this you morning. You should find your wallet. Yeah. No idea. All right. All right. Bye. See you next month.